and welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. It is an open line Friday, the phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, uh, we got to begin with Governor DeSantis and his press briefing from a short time ago, just so you have an idea of what is happening in Florida. It is a very bad situation. As of 6 a.m., there are about 1.9 million people, our customers without power. Uh, right now, the hardest hit areas are, Char- are Hardy, 99% without power as of this morning. Charlotte and Lee both have 85% without, and DeSoto is at 80% without. Sarasota, uh, Collier, Manatee, uh, close to half uh, of the customers there uh, are without power. Uh, Hillsborough and Pinellas, um, 15 to 18% are without power. And these crews have been on the ground since it was safe to do so. And they are working 24-7 to be able to restore power all throughout the state of Florida. Uh, and that's uh, over 42,000 linemen and associated personnel that that are on the ground. Uh, FDOT has had over 1,300 people on the ground. They've cleared more than 1,100 miles of roadway. I was happy to see the traffic flowing in southwest Florida. Obviously, there's some structural problems in some of the bridges uh, leading out to Sanibel and Pine Island. Uh, But by and large, uh, there were toss and clear operations. The traffic is flowing in, in, uh, in southwest Florida, probably better than would have been anticipated so soon after such a major hurricane, uh, so we appreciate that. They've also inspected and reopened 800 bridges. That's Governor DeSantis speaking a short time ago. There's also this. Uh, the ports, Tampa Bay, Miami, Everglades, uh, they are reopened for fueling. Uh, and I think between today and tomorrow, all the ports in the state of Florida, uh, up and down the both coasts, will be uh, operational. Good. They're making a quick work of this, but the disaster is going to be around for a while. Again, the state of Florida recommends a particular site for donations to help. If you are inclined to donate, you can text the word donate to 33777. I'll send you a text back to the 501c3 nonprofit. The state of Florida has been pushing on its social media. I, I get requests from a lot of people on particular nonprofits to support Normally, I would I would do the North American Mission Board, which is the Southern Baptist Convention. And the reason is because the Southern Baptists are typically the first people on the ground to show up. They show up before the government. They show up before FEMA. They show up before Walmart. They show up before everybody. Um, the state of Florida, however, is using this nonprofit to kind of funnel out to other groups, uh, secular and religious, to help. And the DeSantis team has been pushing it. So I told them I would be glad to push out that link. You can text donate to 33777. Now, I want to get into something that I find interesting. There is a lot of coverage out today about the responses from people on the left in the media, among others, to what's happening with Hurricane Ian. You had Don Lemon try to blame Hurricane Ian on climate change. Uh, Michael Mann actually uh, went on CNN to 
harass the uh, National Hurricane Center director, Jamie Rome, for refusing to say this hurricane is because of climate change. Essentially, sending the mob after the uh, head of the National Hurricane Center, the director there, for not saying that this particular hurricane we can conclude is because of climate change. Let me read you some tweets. This woman, of course, has her pronouns and her Twitter name. I wonder how many folks in Florida are thinking, could this hurricane be related to that climate change stuff so many highly educated climate scientists keep talking about? Someone else, since Trump is a climate change denier, wouldn't it be poetic justice if Hurricane Ian wiped Mar-a-Lago off the face of the earth? Here's a blue check. Our kids and grandkids. You mean the scientists told you guys the oceans would rise and people didn't believe them? They thought all the scientists of the world were lying? Someone else, my thoughts and prayers, or no, my thoughts, no prayers, are with friends and family in Florida as they brace for a devastating surge of Ron DeSantis's blanking face. And then, of course, the CNN reporter Steve Contorno. As DeSantis prepares Floridians for Ian, he is urging residents to heed advice from the same local leaders he suggested they ignore during COVID. And praising a federal agency, he alleged withheld aid to the state because Biden was playing politics. And, of course, the absolute favorite of all time, the most broken man in political commentary outside of Larry Sabato, Norm Ordenstein. I am nauseated watching climate denier little Marco Rubio on CNN expressing his concern about the hurricane and touting his website, Hypocrisy of the First Order. I am now doubly horrified watching climate denier Rick Scott on CNN evading responsibility, saying nothing about the causes of increasingly powerful hurricanes and will do nothing, nothing in the future to do anything about it. By the way, uh, there actually is no data to suggest that Hurricane Ian is related to climate change. That's not me. That's the National Hurricane Center and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. That's Joe Biden's administration saying you can't equate the two. What I am noticing more and more is this pattern on the left. It is a Pat Robertson tendency. You know, Pat Robertson from the 700 Club, if an earthquake hit San Francisco, well, it's God's wrath. They they failed to repent. Or if a, if a storm hit New Orleans, a hurricane hit New Orleans, it, well, you know, those hedonists in New Orleans, they got what they deserve because God's been telling them to repent and they didn't. The left secularism is become a new religion. They hide behind science instead of a belief in God. And for them, your, your belief in God is, is ridiculous. Your faith is ridiculous. You too should believe in their science, although these are the same people who believe men can get pregnant. So they, they pick and choose the science they want. And the things that aren't scientific, they make science sounding so that you're supposed to believe them. And they have hell and damnation, they have ecclesiology, they have orthodoxy, they have the praxis related to the orthodoxy, they have hymns and anthems, they have liturgy, they have priests, they have heresies and heretics and apostates, they have everything about religion wrapped inside secularism these days. When there is a shooting, what do they say? Well, they should have backed policy. You know, and, and so this is the this is how the religion manifests itself on the left right now. Among people of faith, bad things happen. It must be God and your failure to do what God wanted. With secularists, 
bad things happen. It must be the public policy you fail to support, and you're being punished for failure to support the left's public policy. So a hurricane hits, well, it must be because you didn't embrace climate change. A shooter shoots up a school, well, it's because you didn't embrace their preferred policy of gun control. Mandela Barnes is the Democratic Senate candidate in Wisconsin. Mandela Barnes tweets have surfaced from when uh, Steve Scalise opposed gun control. Mandela Bar says, I can't believe this man would vote against his self-interest. This literally was almost a hill he wanted to die on. Because you disagree on a public policy, you are being smited by their gods. And, of course, they say, well, it's science. We have the science. Actually, again, the National Weather Service, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, the National Hurricane Center say you cannot tie Ian to climate change. In fact, Ian was weaker than a storm from 1929 during the Depression that hit the Florida coast. Ian actually is not anomalous. Yes, was it a massive flooding event? It was. Why was it a massive flooding event? It had more to do with the growth of development along the coast in Florida than a massive storm surge. The massive storm surge was not actually a significantly higher storm surge than other storms that happened before climate change was an issue. But you won't hear that on television. You won't hear that from the left. In the same way, Christians look at contradictions in the New Testament and have arrived over 2,000 years with actually legitimate answers for why they contradict. With the left, there is no reason to engage in the contradictions because to even bring up the contradictions makes you a denier. So it's it's actually, it's not the same, it's different. With, with Christianity, you look and you say, well, how come in the New Testament, in this one story, this woman touches Jesus before he encounters the soldier, and in this other story, he encounters the soldier before he's touched by the woman. Why Why is it in reverse? It's the same story. You say, well, because they were different storytellers. One was telling stories to Greek, and it always put the object of the action first. The other one was Jewish, who tended to recount everything chronological. Therefore, we can presume that actually he did encounter the soldier before the woman, but because the woman was the object of the story, in the Greek retelling of the story, they put the woman first because it was to a different audience. There actually are reasonable, rational explanations for this. Why is the story of Lazarus only in the book of John? Because John was the last gospel and more likely than not by then, Lazarus had actually died again. Uh, the others had written it so recently to Lazarus had they told the story, undoubtedly they would have persecuted Lazarus and killed him. They were protecting Lazarus by not telling the story. John wrote uh, John at the end of his life and by then could tell the story. There are reasonable, rational reasons for these discrepancies. With the left and climate, you're not allowed to talk about the discrepancies. You're a heretic, an apostate, or you are a denier. They have the language of apostasy within their religion now. If you believe the world is warming, but you dispute the degree to which mankind is involved in it, you are a climate denier. Even though you believe the climate is changing, you're a denier because you don't embrace their orthodoxy. If you misgender someone, you are canceled immediately. The secular religion has no concept of grace whatsoever under the sun. Secularism has no grace at all. 
The New York Times has a writer under fire today because the New York Times writer wrote the story about the transgender soldier who tried to sell out our secrets to Russia and refer to the transgender soldier as a he. When the transgender soldier, despite clearly being a dude, now identifies as a woman and has for some time, and the transgender movement is offended by the New York Times, offended by this writer, trying to cancel the writer for daring to use male pronouns. No sense of grace. Everything that doesn't conform to the left's view of the world is treated now as a bad outcome due to everyone failing to adhere to their religious standards and preferences. In the same way, for a very long time, other religions have said this bad thing happened because you failed to repent. You failed to believe in God. And of course, they hide behind the science now. In the way 100, 200 years ago, you would hide behind God. Now they hide behind science. But they only treat science as a prop because they also believe men can get pregnant, which men can't do according to the science. And they ignore that. So now we can look forward to this future. As secularism rises, it's the fastest growing religion on the planet. And it is a religion. There's no such thing as an atheist, by the way. I know there are people who say they're atheists, that they don't believe in God, but they worship something. Where they spend their money is probably indicative of what their God is, and it's probably themselves when they're spending all their money on themselves. They, they worship self. Secularism is a religion. A lack of belief in God is a by-faith belief. And the secularists would like you to believe that a hurricane that rolled through Florida despite the weather services of the government saying it can't be tied to climate change, you are a denier if you don't believe it is tied to climate change. And you must be silenced, you must be bullied, you must be shamed for saying that. Ian is an extraordinarily powerful hurricane that dropped a lot of water on Florida and caused a lot of flood damage. The flood damage came though, not because Eden is powerful and the storm surge was high, but because of the massive amount of development that's in that area of Florida where Ian hit compared to even 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But the left will take those data points, funnel them through their, liturg their liturgies, their ecclesiologies, their orthodox beliefs and their dogma. And on the other side, we'll produce a coherent narrative that the storm was extraordinary, the flooding extraordinary, all because it was related to climate change. Pay no attention to the other facts in dispute. And if you do dare to dispute them, you are a heretic who must be silenced, if not burned at the stake. Secularism has become a religion. And when you defy their preferred policies, it is no different than you defying God and you must repent. Of course, with Christianity, when you repent, you find salvation. With the left, when you repent, well, you're still screwed because of all the other mouth breathers out there who still haven't repented. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. And they're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. 
You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bull & Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bull & Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull & Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta tell you guys, um, I hope you got the show notes email today because there is an unbelievable video. I just retweeted it as well from wall street silver. Um, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. You can get the show notes by texting the word data to three, three, seven, 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 or, you can follow me on Twitter at E.W. Erickson and just go see my la- latest tweet. It's what a 15-foot storm surge looks like. Uh, and it is remarkable time-lapse video of a camera in a fixed location in the Fort Myers area where you see the street. You see a car riding down the street, and a little while later, you see water starting to go up the street and then you see water rising around a building and then you see just the roof of the building and the tops of the palm trees and you see massive waves it is remarkable remarkable to see what the storm surge actually looks like as these massive waves come pouring in this is the audio you're hearing and then as it subsides and the damage after it's over it's just incredible to watch there was massive massive damage in florida Prayers for the folks in Florida. Now, listen, uh, you are listening to The Eric Erickson Show. It is an open line Friday. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Don't have a ton of time here to take a phone call. And there is something related to this secularism as religion idea. Sahaj Kar Kohli is a she-her. She has an MA in education. She is a creator, brown girl therapy, mental health professional, advice columnist for the Washington Post, tells you everything you need to know about her right there in her bio. She is part of the secular religion, complete with now the the telling of pronouns. And she writes, in my recent Washington Post column, a reader asks me how to handle when long-term friends and colleagues mispronounce her name. She says their name. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised by the comments, but folks really don't understand how harmful this can be to a person's psyche. It might seem like a small thing, but in fact, when others continuously mispronounce someone's name or assign a nickname for their own ease, it's considered a name-based microaggression. Considered by whom? Let me tell you guys a dirty little secret. I live in the South. And you would be amazed at the number of people who cannot pronounce my last name even as they get my first name correct. Eric Erickson. My wife did not actually believe me until we got married. 
And when we got married and she went to get her driver's license and the woman was calling for Miss Arickison, my wife didn't think she was calling for her until the woman came up to her. Have I ever been offended? No. People can't pronounce my last name around here for reasons I cannot understand. It is not a hard last name, particularly when they can say Eric, and then they get the last one and they say Ericson. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it, but it happens everywhere. It doesn't offend me. If you believe it's a microaggression against you that someone can't pronounce your name, particularly if it's a foreign name they're not familiar with, that's actually on you. It's not on the other person. It means you're a small person, not that person. It means you've got issues, not that person, and you should grow the hell up, not make that person change their entire world because of you. Hello there, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, it's an open line Friday. You're more than welcome to. I want to spend some time with callers who have taken me up on this whole open line Friday thing. Let's go to Roland. You're going to be up first today. Roland, welcome to the show. How are you, Roland? I'm doing fine, Eric. I really appreciate the chance to speak with you. Sure. Uh You were talking earlier about the climate change, and I know the science has been argued back and forth, and I know that numbers don't translate well over the radio, but there is one specific number that everyone should always remember, and that is the fact that CO2 is always stated as being 400 parts per million in the atmosphere. Well, that's just a common fraction, 400 over 1 million reduces to one part in 2,500, which is beyond microscopic. Mm -hmm. The amount is so tiny in volume that it is uh, actually completely negligible and means nothing. Yeah, and, and you know, now keep keep in mind here as well, and this is this is something some people miss on this is it has definitely we've had more of a CO two concentration on the planet uh, than we do right now in the past. Uh, and also the CO2 contrary, there is uh, a, a theory out there that the climate scientists don't like, but seems to hold some merit that uh, as the CO2 increases in the atmosphere, it actually produces uh, a spurt of green growth. And those then green plants consume the carbon dioxide and push back out oxygen. Uh, and it might actually be great for crop production at a time where we're seeing a decline in crop production. So we don't know oh, yeah. this theory to be true, but in some models, it does bear out in the case. And uh, yeah, look, I, I, I will tell everybody where I stand on this issue. Um, and it, it's not hard to know where I stand. I think that the left overstates man's role in the environment. I think the right, however, uh, understates our role in the environment. Most of my friends don't believe in climate change at all, and I was with them till a few years ago. It just kind of dawned on me that, you know, if there are 7 billion of us on a planet, we probably play some role in influencing the environment. However... I think what the left fails to appreciate is that their solutions on climate change are exactly the solutions for global warming that they propose for global cooling, and they're exactly the solutions that so many communist nations have proposed for killing off capitalism. And it seems to me that they don't actually have solutions to help the climate. They have solutions to undermine free markets in the West. I do think we play a role. 
But I also think that mankind is the most adaptable species to ever exist on the planet. And instead of trying to end climate change, which would amount to giving up our Western society as we know it, which is what the left has always wanted, climate change or not, we should just adapt. Adapt. I also think it's notable that so many of the people who scream the loudest about climate change have big houses on the beach and fly in private airplanes. Uh, Glenn Reynolds, Instapundent, you may know, has long said, I'll believe it when you start acting like you believe it. And very few of these people actually act like they believe it. John Effen Carey flies all over the planet, smugly lecturing other people about climate change as he does so from his private jet with his massive global footprint for properties and private planes. I'll believe John Kerry when John Kerry acts like he believes John Kerry, which he doesn't do. Now back to the phones. I'm going to go to Lewis. You're up next, Lewis. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. I, I wonder if the comparison to the last argument of climate change on some of this is kind of like the screw tape letters, where you got two demons trying to convince that the human should not get really close to God. They should really believe the demon versus the creator. And sometimes you hear that in the incoherencies, like, say, Don Lemon trying to ask the question of if this is reduced to climate change, when it's just the actual weather being weather. It's got nothing to do with that whatsoever. And so sometimes the incoherency is so hilarious that they don't even believe that there's a God at all. They, they just want to, you know, go along with the hilarity of the side of the devil instead of being on the side of God. Look, I, you know, I, I wish everyone would go read the screw tape letters because it, Lewis really does capture uh, so much of it. And one of the things that what you're getting at, Lewis, and one of his points is actually my favorite screw tape letter. I think it's the 15th one is essentially uh, so for those of you who aren't familiar with what Lewis is talking about, I, I highly, 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 highly encourage you to go buy a copy of the screw tape letters. The entire premise, it was actually a series of radio monologues C.S. Lewis had done during World War II that were then taken and compiled into the book, The Screw Tape Letters. Screw tape is one of the chief demons of Satan. And screw tape is writing to an apprentice demon, Wormwood giving Wormwood advice on how to ensnare a human man and drag him off to hell. And every letter is, my dearest Wormwood, do X, Y, and Z. Here's what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do. I think it's, it's the 14th or 15th letter now. And what Screwtape says is always keep the man focused on the past or the future, never the present. Uh, because the present is actually where you find God. You don't find God in the future. You find God in the present. And if you find God in the present, you appreciate being in the present with God. If you go, if you presume you'll find God in the future, when you get there, you'll be embittered. Because in that embitterment, you will not find where God needed to be. Screw tapes, advice to Wormwood. 
We want a man hag-ridden by the future, haunted by visions of an imminent heaven or hell on earth, ready to break the enemy's commands in the present if by doing so we make him think he can attain the one and avert the other, dependent for his faith on the success or failure of schemes whose ends he will not live to see. We want a whole race perpetually in pursuit of the rainbow's end, never honest, nor kind, nor happy now, but always using as mere fuel wherewith to heap the altar of the future every real gift which is offered them in the present. In other words, if you keep people worried about tomorrow, they will never appreciate the blessings of today. If you keep people worried about tomorrow, when they get there and it's not as they imagine, they'll be bitter. The past is an idol for a lot of conservatives and the future is an idol for a lot of progressives. The past as conservatives is always remembered more fondly than the present and they resent the present because it's not as good as they remember the past. For the left, the present is always never as good as they will make the future heaven on earth and therefore they resent the present and their fellow man here in expectation of a better man and a better tomorrow later. And both sides collapse as a result. You have to remember that God is here in the present. You have to actually appreciate the present. You have to stop trying to build idols on the future or the past in order to be able to live a happy existence in the here and now. And so many people across the political spectrum ignore that. That's what Lewis is getting at uh, as C.S. as as Screwtape writes his letter to Wormwood. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. Let's go back to the phones. Roger, you're going to be up next. Roger, how are you? Good. How you doing, Art? Great. Good. So uh, we met the other night, and I was telling you about my immigration issues. Yes. And just just wanted to update you that, uh, you know, after we filed to get it expedited last week, and they had uh, basically seven days to to respond, uh, we got a letter yesterday. I'm sorry, not a letter, an email. We have placed your case on a processing hold because the required security checks remain pending. Until we receive the results of these security checks, we cannot move forward on your case. We require the results of security checks before we can make a decision on any pending case. And it says, we cannot predict when we will receive the results of any security checks. Please be assured that we will make every effort to make the decision in your case as soon as the security checks are completed. We hope this was helpful information to you. <laughs> okay. We, we, I told Roger, my wife, we, we I gotta, said that's a stall tactic. We, we got to back up. We, we got to back up. So so for those yeah. of you, I met Roger the other night at, at uh, Black Rifle Coffee, Coffee Company in an event up in Woodstock, Georgia. Uh, he is married to a woman not from the United States who had a visa to come to the United States. Uh, the visa has subsequently expired because they did everything right. They did everything they were supposed to do. They checked every box. They dotted every I. They crossed every T. And the immigration service has completely screwed up uh, his wife's immigration paperwork at one point telling them that they had mailed all of the documents and now telling them they haven't actually mailed the documents, uh, that they got to go through security checks. And for those of you who don't know and think, well, maybe there's something fishy here. Uh, Roger's wife the other night logged me into the immigration system so I could see they weren't making this up. It's all logged in the U.S. government website that they said they sent the the documents and they never have and now they've changed their story. Um, 
And for those of you who also don't know, Roger and his wife aren't big fans of illegal immigration. They did everything right, and the government has now essentially made Roger's wife an illegal alien in this country, not because she did anything wrong, but because the government screwed up. It's so frustrating. And October 10th, it'll be one year she has been living here as if she's illegal. Can't put her on insurance. She can't get a Social Security number. She can't drive. She can't, she can't, we can't fly anywhere. That's it. She lives like an illegal here and been here for 17 months. 17 months and did everything right, did every darn thing right, and it filed everything on time, and they've received everything, and they've screwed up. I, This is, you know, you mentioned the other night, and it was such a good point. We don't need 87,000 new IRS agents. We need 87,000 new customs and immigration agents. Absolutely. Well, look, I, I'm yeah. sorry you guys are going through it. Um, I, I hate it for you all. Best of luck to you. Um, please keep me posted on how things go. It's just infuriating uh, that this is happening. But uh, thanks for calling in and, and, and giving a check up. Y'all, again, um, I I am always skeptical when I am approached in these situations. But Roger and his wife were able to log into the immigration website where you can track the status of your filings. And they had the timeline. They had every, They have done everything right. You can see where they filed the proper paperwork in a timely manner. You can see where the government acknowledged receipt. You can see where the government said they sent back a visa extension. And you can see where now they're saying, well, actually, no, there's security paperwork that has happened. And the result is that Roger's wife is now an illegal alien who did not intend to be illegal, who did everything proper to extend her visa while they were continuing the paperwork. They did every single thing right. And now they're in this situation, and it's the government's fault. It's not their fault, but no one at the government is ever going to be held accountable for it. It'll be Roger and his wife who are held accountable. His wife can't drive her car, can't renew her license, can't be on Roger's insurance. And they did literally everything was filed timely, properly, gotten by the government, received by the government, confirmed receipt. The government claimed it sent them the paperwork and now says, well, actually, turns out we didn't. There's a security, um, there's more security review we have to do. Absolutely infuriating. We need those 87,000 agents at immigration, not at the IRS. You'll, you need to go get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm if you haven't. Uh, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier that cleans the air. It gets rid of the dust and the pollen, but... The way I use it, I don't actually use it as an air purifier that I leave on all the time to get the dust and the mold and the mildew and the pollen out. I use it as an odor eliminator, and it really works. So, for example, this is my fault. I was smoking a cigar on the golf course and had it in my mouth still as I opened my car door. A gust of wind blew in, and all the smoke blew into my car as I was getting it out of my mouth and throwing it away. And even the next day, my car smelled like a cigar factory. I fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can plug it in with a USB cord, put it in the car, left it in there running, and the odor is gone. Uh, they work. I use it in the kitchen to get rid of the fire smells. Uh, I keep one in my suitcase. If there's a, uh, a bad odor in a rental car or in a hotel room, it'll take care of it. 
You can plug it directly into the wall or use a USB cord. They're great. You can get three of them for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, Eden, like the Garden of Eden, PureDeals.com, and you put in my discount code, Eric3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You'll get three of them for less than $200. You'll save $200. You'll get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com, and the discount code is Eric3. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you're on the phones, be patient with me. I don't have a ton of time here, and I want to talk about something, uh, and I'll spend more time on the polling later, but I want to talk real quick about the polling trends in Georgia because I've been rather upbeat on Herschel Walker's ability to win, and I still think he can, but I think that the tide is turning against Herschel Walker in Georgia for one reason. He has not mounted an effective response to the brutal advertising by Raphael Warnock showing his ex-wife. They don't have a ton of money. Uh, Multiple people are telling me the the Walker campaign is kind of cash-starved right now, so they can't. And I think it's starting to have an impact. A series of polls have come out that had shown Walker gaining and now show Warnock starting to inch back up. Warnock went from, it went from a tie race in the polling average to a 0.3 lead for Warnock, now a 0.7 lead for Warnock. The trend lines are not good for, for Walker. And again, I think Walker can win. Don't hear me say, I don't, I think he's going to lose. I think he can win. It's going to be more dependent now on Brian Kemp's machine, getting him across the finish line than on his own. And I think he's got to respond to that ad. It is a brutal ad. And yes, it's true. Warnock's campaign took an interview done from Nightline with Ted Koppel that had Herschel Walker and his ex-wife talking about Walker's mental health struggles, treatment, and recovery. And you would never know that from the Warnock ad. But Warnock is under no obligation to be fair. He's trying to win. And I am one guy on radio three hours a day with a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm not going to spend every day talking about this. Not my job. It's that campaign's job. They've got to be able to do it. I think they can. I think they can mount a credible response. But they've got to have money. And right now they are lacking money to be able to get their message out. And Mitch McConnell has to spend money in a lot of places. They're largely writing off Arizona because Blake Masters is just a bad candidate. Probably going to pick up Nevada. Looks like we may be able to hold Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz's momentum has shifted in his direction. Uh, There are about five polls in uh, Pennsylvania, and they all show momentum is headed in Oz's direction. A five-point shift in the polls in his favor. The Fetterman is barely up in the polling average right now, and there's a big polling bias oversampling of Democrats in Pennsylvania. But Walker, I'm a little bit nervous. Given their inability yet to push back on this Warnock attack, the Warnock attack is leaving a mark, y'all, with women voters in Georgia who are conservatives. And if you don't believe me, you should come to my church where they were all mad at me for not supporting Trump in 2016. And now they're like, really? This? Is it true? I'm the one having to say yes, but. Yes, but. It's the yes that's the problem, not the but. Um, I would encourage anyone listening, uh, if, if you can, any outside groups listening who have the money, uh, it, it, it's time to respond and respond immediately because the Warnock ad is leaving a mark. And the polling trends that were headed in Walker's direction are starting to shift back 